Good afternoon. Welcome to Honey in the Rock, your daily dose of inspiration and encouragement. We look forward to having you on the show. Thanks for joining us. This afternoon's episode is titled The Year of Jubilee. It will be focused on a study of Exodus chapter 21. Before going any further, we'll begin with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your wonderful scriptures that teach us so many of the nuggets that are in your word. Lord, to see the year of Jubilee, where we were born as slaves in sin, but you came and redeemed us through Christ. Lord, how grateful we are. Speak to us this afternoon in the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Up next, we shall listen to Exodus chapter 21. Chapter 21 Now these are the judgments which thou shalt set before them. If thou buy an Hebrew servant, six years he shall serve, and in the seventh he shall go out free for nothing. If he came in by himself, he shall go out by himself. If he were married, then his wife shall go out with him. If his master have given him a wife, and she have borne him sons or daughters, the wife and her children shall be her masters, and he shall go out by himself. And if the servant shall plainly say, I love my master, my wife and my children, I will not go out free. Then his master shall bring him unto the judges. He shall also bring him to the door, or unto the doorpost, and his master shall bore his ear through with an awl, and he shall serve him forever. And if a man sell his daughter to be a maidservant, she shall not go out as the men servants do. If she please not her master, who hath betrothed her to himself, then shall he let her be redeemed. To sell her unto a strange nation, he shall have no power, seeing he hath dealt deceitfully with her. And if he have betrothed her unto his son, he shall deal with her after the manner of daughters. If he take him another wife, her food, her raiment, and her duty of marriage shall he not diminish. And if he do not these three unto her, then shall she go out free without money. He that smiteth a man so that he die, shall be surely put to death. And if a man lie not in wait, but God deliver him into his hand, then I will appoint thee a place whither he shall flee. But if a man come presumptuously upon his neighbor to slay him with guile, thou shalt take him from mine altar, that he may die. And he that smiteth his father or his mother shall be surely put to death. And he that stealeth the man and selleth him, or if he be found in his hand, he shall surely be put to death. And he that curseth his father or his mother shall surely be put to death. And if men strive together, and one smite another with a stone or with his fist, and he die not, but keepeth his bed, if he rise again, and walk abroad upon his staff, then shall he that smote him be quit. Only he shall pay for the loss of his time, and shall cause him to be thoroughly healed. And if a man smite his servant or his maid with a rod, and he die under his hand, he shall be surely punished. Notwithstanding, if he continue a day or two, he shall not be punished, for he is his money. If men strive and hurt a woman with child, so that her fruit depart from her, and yet no mischief follow, he shall be surely punished, according as the woman's husband will lay upon him, and he shall pay as the judges determine. And if any mischief follow, 
then thou shalt give life for life, eye for eye, tooth for tooth, hand for hand, foot for foot, burning for burning, wound for wound, stripe for stripe. And if a man smite the eye of his servant, or the eye of his maid, that it perish, he shall let him go free for his eye's sake. And if he smite out his manservant's tooth, or his maidservant's tooth, he shall let him go free for his tooth's sake. If an ox gore a man or a woman, that they die, then the ox shall be surely stoned, and his flesh shall not be eaten, but the owner of the ox shall be quit. But if the ox were wont to push with his horn in time past, and it hath been testified to his owner, and he hath not kept him in, but that he hath killed a man or a woman, the ox shall be stoned, and his owner also shall be put to death. If there be laid on him a sum of money, then he shall give for the ransom of his life whatsoever is laid upon him. Whether he have gored a son, or have gored a daughter, according to this judgment shall it be done unto him. If the ox shall push a manservant or a maidservant, he shall give unto their master thirty shekels of silver, and the ox shall be stoned. And if a man shall open a pit, or if a man shall dig a pit, and not cover it, and an ox or an ass fall therein, the owner of the pit shall make it good, and give money unto the owner of them, and the dead beast shall be his. And if one man's ox hurt another's, that he die, then they shall sell the live ox, and divide the money of it, and the dead ox also they shall divide. Or if it be known that the ox hath used to push in time past, and his owner hath not kept him in, he shall surely pay ox for ox, and the dead shall be his own. Up next, we shall listen to a sermon by Reverend William Branham titled, The Seal of the Antichrist. This was preached in 1955 on March the 11th. I trust you will find it to be a blessing. We'll begin at paragraph 33 up to paragraph 64. For all of us, these brethren, Adam, our first father, sold us into slavery of sin. Nothing we had to do with it. When you're born in this world, you are a sinner when you're born. The Bible said we're born in sin, shaped in iniquity, come to the world speaking lies. When you're born, Without Christ, you haven't even got a chance. Nothing you can help, you were sold by our father, Adam. Adam sold the human race out. And by nature, I know there's a teaching going around that up in my country and different parts of the country, that if a little baby's born to the Holy Ghost parent, the baby's saved. And if it's born of a sinful parent and it dies, then it's lost. Oh, brother, that ain't Tommy Rock. I know you think I'm kind of rude tonight, but I've got to get rude once in a while. Look, I don't mean to hurt you. I mean that we get this straightened out. You'll see one of the greatest revivals that ever swept the country. Right. They get back to the starting place. Begin right. There's only one thing to do that's come back if you see you hit the wrong road. Make backtracks. Go back and see where you started from. 
Man usually, when he's born in the kingdom of God, his face tipped right straight toward Calvary. Now, if he's just a little bit emotional, he'll go off on fanaticism. If he's just a little bit of shrewd education, he'll get so starchy that he sits over on this side. That's right. But the true church of the living God goes right down to the center of the highway, preaching a same solid gospel calling from both sides. Amen. That's what we need today. A church. And it wouldn't be ashamed for anyone to come into it's perfectly governed by the Holy Spirit. No fanaticism, no starchy, just a good, warm church filled with God's Spirit. Watch that. The good, solid, gospel-teaching pastor. That's what we need. Amen. God help us to have it. God wants us to have it. Notice in the times when this slave, now being sold, and we were all sold out to sin by Adam, then at a certain designated time, there come a time that this slave had the right to make his choice, either to remain a slave or to go free. Now, in type and a type, as this is, all put under bondage of sin by Adam, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. But God, in due season, sending his Son, Christ Jesus, made in the form of sinful flesh, to redeem us, to bring us out from under the bondage. Christ coming down on earth. God in Christ, God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself. And as we see the day, I see so many people in this day trying to regard Christ as a prophet. I look at your papers and see the Unitarians and all these other different ones that just don't expect the blood to do anything. It's just a good teacher. Brother, he was divine. You can't a bit more separate Christ and God than you can take hydrogen out of oxygen to make water. They're absolutely both have to be together. In him was the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Christ and God united in flesh to take away the sin of the world, to take the penalty off of Adam's sin. Amen. When you believe that, sink it down into your heart you'll find out something goes to action in there. When you think that Jesus is just a man, he was more than a man. He was a divine one. God was in him, reconciling the world to himself because he came down and was made kinfolks to us. He had to be kindred. In a few nights I'll preach on the kinsman redeemer and then you'll see but he was kinfolks. God himself has made kinfolks to the human race in order to take away the sins of the world. The sin anchored up on him. None of us could do it. We are born to sexual desire. Every one of us, no matter what kind of a parent we had, we are all born to sexual desire. There was only one holy person ever born 
And that was the Lord Jesus Christ that was created in the wombs of a virgin, conceived by the Holy Spirit. And he gave his life to redeem us back to God again. Amen. Oh, I feel religious. Brethren, when you see the real true principles of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, when you see our foundation is sure and solid, all devils out of hell can't upset the foundation of God. Upon this rock I'll build my church and the gates of hell can't prevail against it. It'll be against it, sure it will, but it will never prevail. God's foundation stands sure. Amen. Notice, man, this man, he was out of slave. He worked under a taskmaster. And then when the final year come of Jubilee, then when the priest sounded the trumpet, no matter what he was doing, if he's in the field of horn and the Jubilee sound came, then he could drop that hole and say to that slave driver, you have no more jurisdiction over me. I'm going home to my wife and babies. I'm free. How did he do it? Because he heard it. Faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the word of God. He noticed, certain as that sound of the jubilee came, that he was a free man. And Christ Jesus came to the earth to bring a jubilee to the human race. That through the preaching of the gospel, hearing by faith, might set ever slave to sin free. Amen. Now you say, well, I'm free, and you still get angry? You still hate your neighbor? You won't speak to one another? And you're free? I'm persuaded to say, brother, you need another set. Right? Or you say, I belong to a Pentecostal church. That don't have nothing to do with it. Don't have one thing to do except you're born again. And when you're born, the same spirit that was in the Lord Jesus Christ comes into you and you live the life of the Lord Jesus Christ. God made a covenant in the Old Testament. He made a covenant in the New Testament with Christ. And every man, when they made a covenant in them days, they took an animal, killed it, and split its body, wrote the covenant out on paper, tore it apart. And when they come together again, them two pieces of paper had the dove tail. And if we are ever resurrected in the resurrection, the very life that God tore out of the body of Jesus Christ, taken this body up and set at the right hand of the majesty on high and sent back the Holy Spirit, it'll make you live a God-centered life, or it isn't the Spirit of Christ in you. You say, well, Brother Brandon, I, I, I've shouted, I've, I've danced, I've spoken tongues. Oh, yes, brother, I've seen him speak in tongues and drink blood out of a human skull. That's right. Seen witch doctors lay up a stick like that and it write in unknown tongues and people stand there and read it, interpret it. You wouldn't say they had the Holy Ghost. Now, I'm not saying that you don't speak with tongues of the Holy Ghost. I'm not saying that, but I'm saying you can speak with tongues and still not have the Holy Ghost. Right. I know that's hard in a Pentecostal church. 
That's hard with Pentecostal people. But, brother, if I love you, I'll tell you the truth. And if I don't tell you the truth, God will hold me responsible at the day of judgment. That's right. Except the love of God abides in your heart with love, joy, peace, long-suffering, goodness, meekness, gentleness, and the fruits of the Holy Spirit living in your life, no matter what demonstration you've done, it's no good. Why do you think that Christ's church divided? Do you think Christ wants one little cult over here calling this and the buzzers, Ruth, and that, and calling them everything else? Do you think the Spirit of Christ does that? Never! We are brothers! By your fruits you're known! Amen! Oh, my! Uh, that hurts me in my heart, but, brother, it's the truth! It's off my shoulders anyhow. Now I have to answer, won't have to answer for that, because I've told it. All right, just look the way it runs. You can see whether Christ is in it or not. See, if Satan moved in, blindfolding the people, notice when the Jubilee sounded, the man could drop his hole and go home if he wished to. But what if he didn't want to? Now, what happened? Then they must take him down to the judges. And the judges take him to the post. They pulled out his ear, put it up against the post, and bored it through with an awl. And from that time on, never no more, it was a sign that he could never hear that jubilee no more. It was finished, no matter how many jubilees he lived through. He would never be able to do it again because he was marked, because he rejected. That's not skim milk, brother. He was rejected the truth, and by rejecting the truth, he was doomed forever out of the kingdom of, of the Jubilee, back into the fellowship again. You say, can we be that way, Brother Branham? Absolutely. Notice, certainly, Jesus said so. One day he was standing there casting out evil spirits. And the people come along and said, well, he's a devil. He's Beelzebub. Jesus turned around to them because he was the truth and presenting the truth. They wouldn't believe on him. And God was confirming that he was with him. He said, if you can't believe me, believe the word. And he was casting out evil spirits. He was looking out in the audiences and seeing the people and signs and wonders were being done. The teachers come along and knowing different, they knew different in their hearts they know different. God's not willing that any should perish, but that all might come to repentance. The Holy Spirit moved, but because of prejudice and church creed, they had to reject the Prince of Life. That same Spirit is in the world today. I know it's solemn. That's what I want it to be solemn. I want it to go so deep to every person in here will see it. But when the Holy Spirit's come and who speaks a word against that shall never be forgiven him. And this world or the world to come. Now Paul picks it up in the fifth chapter of Hebrews. He said, if we sin willfully, Sin is unbelief. 
then if we disbelieve willfully after the truth has been presented to us, there remains no more sacrifice for sin but a fearful looking for the judgment. Then if the gospel truth has been presented to people and they turn their head and reject it, then Satan takes them to the post. They're willing to serve their creeds and so forth, stick their ear out and bore it in there, and you'll never be able to understand the truth no more. That's the type, and there's the antitype. Paul said the same thing. If we disbelieve willfully, willfully, after we receive the knowledge of the truth, there remaineth no more sacrifice for sin but a fearful looking for the judgment who will devour judgment shall devour the adversary. There you are to reject the Holy Spirit of God. After you've received it and believe and know, you hold back with prejudice. Sinner will come into the audience. He'll look around and say, Oh, I'll tell you, there's nothing to that. Walk out just as stiff as he can be. Brother, one of these times you'll walk out for the last time. And some people will walk into a meeting where they're seeing the Holy Spirit move and say, That's the devil's work. You don't realize the danger line that you're on. You say, Well, I belong to the church. My name's been on the book. My mother's of the this, that, and my daddy. That has nothing to do with it. Salvation is an individual pair between each and every individual. Coming around and saying, as you see the Holy Spirit presenting anything, you see signs and wonders, you see the love of God flowing, you see the works of the Holy Spirit, and deliberately turn around and say, I don't believe that when you down in your heart, you do want to believe it. But because that you can't accept it, because some dogmatic things got a hold of you here, you cross the line and, and take him to the post. I'm just telling you what the Scripture says. If he doesn't want to go, he can go freely. There's no price to pay. There's nothing to go through with. How do you do it, Brother Branham? Just drop your hole or whatever you're working with and come lovely and take your freedom free. There's not a thing you have to do. Brother Branham, will I have to be... Or done this way or done that way, you don't have to do nothing. You have to accept it. Just say, Lord Jesus, I'm so thankful that you've brought freedom to me, that you cut me out of the bondage of a whirling mind. I didn't know where I was at. I tried. I joined different churches. I went from place to place. I tried to get right. I didn't know what to do. But now I'm coming on the basis that you died in my city and I'm accepting you right now as my Savior. Watch how the love of God will sway down into your heart. Peace that passes, all understanding will soothe over. I don't care what the neighbor says, you love him anyhow. When you meet this man on the street that you used to wouldn't talk to, that lady across the neighborhood there that's so ugly and so bad and runs the children off the block, you'll walk right down and say, the Lord bless you, sister. Not as a hypocrite. If you said as a hypocrite, you're worse off than you would otherwise. Certainly you are. You've got to come from your heart. Jesus said to the Pharisees, how can you say good things when out of the abundance of the heart speaks the mouth? Said you hypocrites, that's thinking one thing in your heart and speaking another. You can't do it. The church of God, what we need tonight, what the California needs tonight. Looky here, we'll go out here to hold a meeting, come in here in a united effort, and churches say, well, if they've got anything to do with it, I won't have nothing to do with it. 
The other night, I've got something to say. The other night, my manager's here. There's no just the truth sitting in the room. Around 3 o'clock in the morning, the Holy Spirit woke me up, and a certain Baptist minister that told me when I come in here not long ago, Mr. Morenham knows exactly who it was, and the man may be sitting present now. He told me, he said, Brother Branham, you're a Baptist, watch when you come to the West Coast what you're talking about. I said, I'm preaching divine healing. I said, he said, oh, I believe in divine healing, Brother Branham, but just watch, oh my, just pick up your Saturday's paper and look. He said, the office fanaticism hooked in that you ever seen. People under all kinds of theories, all kinds of funny feelings and all kinds of everything. I said, look, sir, this comes from God and I know it does. He said, I'm not doubting that. He said, but the thing of it is, Brother Branham, he said, it'll only scatter that more. He said, the people, I said, well, I believe that it'll bless the people. I said, I believe that it'll do good to them. And surely them being spiritual-minded people will see and understand. My desire is uh, to see this great big broke-up people of Pentecostals. That's lovely, brothers, that I met everywhere, to see them with one heart and one accord. I said, they've got one of the greatest things. He said, I don't doubt that a bit. But said, Brother Branham, God be with you. So I went on. And about four nights ago, God taking me away in a vision and set up the out on the panoramic view of Los Angeles. I've seen every kind of a vulture that there was flying from tree to tree, squawking and hollering at one another. And I thought, what's this? One little vulture, vulture, real pretty bird, but just eating any kind of stuff. And was flopping his wings back out, hollering, you ain't got it, you ain't got it. And the other over there doing something else, hollering, you ain't got it, flying from palm tree to palm tree. Here stood that Baptist preacher there before me with his square chin, his turn hook. He said, what did I tell you eight years ago, Brother Branham? I looked over to him and I said, sir, I apologize. I thought surely they would understand. Just then the Holy Spirit, the angel of the Lord, which you see discerned to the diseases of things, spoke here to my right side and said, so did Moses think that the Israelites would surely understand. You don't understand it, brother. What it is, the God of heaven has tried to call you together. And every time I come, the crowd gets smaller and smaller. No matter what you try to do, it still tries to pin the people down to some little cult or something. Brother, you'll never prosper. You'll never be able to make Pentecostal church, which I believe today I took my lot with you because I believe in you. But the thing you've got to do is break down these prejudice things and put your hearts together as one unity of people. That's right, that's the only way you can do it. And if you keep on rejecting it, remember the lady I'll see in church age the last went off into lukewarm and God spewed it from his mouth. Hear the word of the Lord. Tonight, right here in this great Coliseum, or exhibit, where a Christian businessman brought me out here, so it would be outside of any church, so there wouldn't be any prejudice, so everybody could come together. But each person holding their little groups up like this, don't do this, don't do this, don't go out there. 
because he don't belong to our groups or belong to their groups, this place ought to be packed and jammed and standing out into the lot with ministers up and down this platform shaking one another's hands and glorifying God because God has sent us the revival. That's the reason Billy Graham crossing the country can grow the people together because in the natural side they are united. But my brethren, you've got something greater than that. But the devil's in between you, separating you, breaking you apart. Can't you see what I mean? Then I apologize to the minister. If you're not, I apologize again. And instead of it bringing the people together, it started cough. Everybody's got a smell of devil. Everybody's got a stomp of devil. Everybody's got to do something. Oh, brother, get out of it. Come back to the Word of God. Back to the Gospel. Come back to the preaching of the Gospel in the old fashioned Holy Spirit of God moving up and down the earth among the people. What we need tonight, what we must have tonight, Hear me, if you believe me, of being God's servant, hear my voice tonight. Not because it's me, because I'm telling you from the Word of God, friends. You've based yourself upon something that hasn't got a bottom to it. But you're hungry and you're wanting God. Please come back to God. Come back to the Holy Spirit and pray for God to give you the love that will break all the prejudice out of your life and bring you down humble and mold you over again and start you new. Then you won't have any false, fine things that try to impersonate and do this. The people, oh, it's a pity. Amen. God bless you, loved ones. I, I don't want to say those things. But God's going to hold me responsible if I don't tell the truth. You ought to go home, everybody. Get down around the bed tonight or I would bring the mother and kitties, all of them get around the bed. Hey, Mother, let's pray right here until God really makes things different around here. Pastors, you ought to call your congregations together on Sunday morning now and say, let's start anew. You know, be kind to one another. Pentecostal preachers sometimes, a man will go downtown, you see him on the street sometimes, will just jump into traffic and consider your friends. If you see him fixing to get a ticket, I don't care who he is. Put a nickel in there. Don't let him be fined. Even in everything, it'll grow on you. Try to be good to one another. Try to shake hands and be friendly and nice. Tear down all the walls of petition around you that's malice and different, ungodly. Tear it down. Keep doing good to one another. Every time you meet one another, make yourself be good to one another. And the first thing you know, it'll grow around you until a bundle of love will wrap you up. Hallelujah! That's the marking of God. What did he say to old David when he was up there? He said, your soul is wrapped in a bundle of love. Amen. When Abigail, the great woman that met David, said, we know that your enemies will be strung out like a slave. That's right said, because you're wrapped in a bundle of the love of God. Oh, brother, oh, those prophecies that have ceased, where there's healings that have pale, where these all this will cease. But when that which is perfect has come, the love of God will set us together. What we need today 
We talk about Pentecostal people knowing more and getting farther along. And the old-fashioned Methodists said, rise on the scene and make us ashamed of our life. You know that's the truth. When they have revivals from the house out, you had it once. That's right. But you begin to break up. Set over this way, set this way, come this way, creeds and denominations, put the barriers down. That's all right if you want 40,000 churches, as long as you can recognize one another's brothers and love one another. If you're different in doctrine, little bitty old things about your baptisms and all these little ins and outs, forget it and be brothers with one another. Right. And when a revival comes to town with one great united effort, everybody go in and help out. That's the way. And you'll see ministers get together in a fellowship and a love with one another, and such things that you've never seen before will take place. Amen. Oh, I love him. Because I know that's the truth. I can say it in the name of the Lord. It's thus saith the Lord. That's right. That's the truth. We must have it, friends. We've got to have it if the church ever thrives on. Now you say, well, our brother Branham, I've testified this and that. I know I belong to church so long, I don't know what my neighbors are thinking. It ain't what your neighbor thinks, it's what your Lord thinks. That's right. What's he going to say about, oh, how are you wanting to say well done on that eternal day? People's got so, I noticed today in the Pentecostal people, I come over here not long ago to find a people all shining with the glory of God. And I find out what a difference. You let down the bars, everything takes place. You're permitting everything to come into your churches? Oh, that time, uh, you bad that they're patting your feet, but we're going to get to you just in a minute. The women, it used to be when I first seen Pentecostal people, the women had long hair, dressed nice, and now every one of them cuts their hair. That's all right now. Use this hair stuff, ma- makeup all over their face, and manicure it on their eyebrows and shave them off, wear the little dresses they're skinned into, and then call themselves baptized with the Holy Ghost. I'm persuaded to believe that the Holy Ghost will make you dress right and live right and talk right and be right when the Holy Ghost gets it. Amen. That's right. That's what you need, a calling back to God. If the Holy Ghost condemned it in the beginning, it's still the same Holy Ghost tonight, and he doesn't change. Our Pentecostal church has laid out the doors and got too starchy. What we need is an old-fashioned calling back to the presence of God again. Right, and you know that's right. Yes, sir. Used to be a long time ago. It was different. But what's happened? That's the reason you're cooling off. That's the reason you're getting out of the will of God. That's the reason you can't cooperate with one another. You're putting more attention to your organizations than you are to your Lord. That's exactly right. Everybody's trying to build the biggest church in town and one wants to outshine the others. What does God care about churches? If Jesus is coming soon, why are you building these dead big places? But millions of dollars down when it ought to be on the mission fields out there or somewhere. Amen. If Jesus is coming, let's act like it and talk like it and live like it and be like it. What I'm persuaded to say that something didn't start right in the beginning. Amen. Oh, my, I hate to say that. But how can I keep from saying it when it's pushing out of me just as hard as it can? Right. Marking of the people. Feeling of apostasy. Unbelieving. Walking after their own lust. Right. And people are going from east, from west, from north, and south, hungering for the word of God and pale to find it. 
They'll go to the Pentecostal church. They'll say, well, I'll, first they'll go to Baptist. One's got this and one's got that. They go, they're all different. They come back to the Pentecostals. They're all different. We ought to be together. Amen. Well, God bless you. I love you. If you want to see real, true, genuine gifts and not impersonations, if you want to see real, solid Christians walking and so salty to the earth, to her, thirsting for to be like that, why, my way, people, you can't go down the street and tell what is Christians anymore. That's right. They all go down the street and they act the same, they talk the same, and all the time around cracking all kinds of jokes and everything like that, when God said you'll give an account for every idle word that you speak. What's happened? Because, brother, you're letting the devil come in and put it over your eyes. The first thing you know, the time will come when your God will give a message and you'll be sealed in or out of the kingdom. Amen. We need the old-fashioned gospel back in the church, back to the Word of God and none of this nonsense and foolishness cut out. Amen. Oh, my, around over the country, the things that's done. Here in our country, something coming there not long ago, you can't even mention Pentecost around our country anymore on the count of it. Come in with thousands times thousands of dollars taken away from the poor people out there to buy airplanes and so forth. Never was no airplane bought. And all that kind of stuff. And get up on the platform with big long ear floppers hanging down like that, canary birds in it, and enough jewel on their fingers to send four missionaries across the sea and preach the gospel. That poor people over there starving to hear the word of God. And we call ourselves Christians? Brother, something's wrong. Right? We have time for everything else. No time for prayer meetings. The home's all butchered up, and the girls and boys are out going around, larking around over the country, and mothers and fathers unconcerned, and yet Pentecostal. What we need tonight is a home altar in the house, a place where God, where the Bible's read, and children are taught the word of the living God. Yes, sir. Run up and down the platform in little dresses. It looks like it's so tight, the skin's on the outside. Running up and down. I'm not saying that for a joke. I'm not joking. This is the gospel truth. That's right. Yes, sir. Run up and down the platforms like that and dancing in the spirit and speaking in tongues and earrings and paint all over their faces, their hair all manicured and bobbed up like that, and then call themselves Christians. Here not long ago, a man will introduce me to his wife, a great holiness organization, said, my wife is going to play the piano tonight, Brother Branham. And I looked at her and the woman, I ain't making fun of the woman. I don't believe in doing that. I'm only telling what's the truth. Now, I want you to receive it in the same way of love. I have to be stern once in a while. Yes, sir. And the woman had a dress on her. If I'd see my wife like that, I'd divorce her. And that's exactly the truth. I wouldn't. I'd put her away out there like that and paint all over her face. I said, is she a Christian? Oh, said, she's a saint. I said, she looks like a hank to me. That's right. To see something like that. I don't mean it joking, but that's the truth. Our little old Jezebel painted up. The only woman ever painted her face to meet man was, was Jezebel, and God fed her to the dog. That's right. So it's just a dog meat to begin with. So forget it. Come back to the altar, and God will make you wash your face and get right. Now you preachers and you men the same way. That's right. The truth what we need today is some good old-fashioned stern gospel preaching. Got enough old Blanky Blue John to a thing, so what we need. Hallelujah. 
Back to Azusa. Back to the beginning. Back to Pentecost. Right. Amen. God have mercy. Oh, you know why? We don't have the glory in the church. You know why the thing is? Because we've got into something else. Oh, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. For it's the power of God and salvation. It's nothing to make you be a fanatic. It's something to make you sane and real. Make it so real to people who they'll thirst to be like you. That's right. The whole world look up and say, My, if I could only act like that woman. If I could live the life that she lives. And now, that's what we need. As we get towards the end of this episode, we'll end with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the teaching of today on the year of Jubilee, where, Father, we see that if a slave had refused to walk free, they would have been bound forever to their master to serve him until they died. Lord, we thank you that our fate was to be sold into sin up until death, but through your Son you redeemed us unto life. We are incredibly grateful. Be with us for the rest of the day. In the name of your Son, Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to Honey in the Rock, your daily dose of inspiration and encouragement. We hope to continue to earn your viewership throughout the year as we read the Bible from cover to cover. To make this a better listening experience for you, we'd really appreciate your feedback. So please email us at honeyintherock2020 at gmail.com. We also have accounts on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. So please follow us, share our pages, and subscribe. Now we'll leave you with the parting song. God richly bless you.
Hallelujah. Amen. It's truly wonderful. We are free. Amen.